the most people who come for coaching have got there's something that isn't working and they'd like it fixed you know if you're going to sit down and talk about something that's maybe sensitive or difficult you know you don't have to sound like a nun i think it's the thing for me about um, multiple things can be true at any one time beware the trap of constantly looking inside to your community don't reject it at all but look outward going and talking to someone and having a conversation and just being able to chat about what you do is how I've got work. My worry is that if everybody does the same thing, like you know, it could be true of any industry, you just you talked about cookie cutters, you're just going to have a bunch of people who are following the same thing. And it's like, yeah, but isn't this supposed to be a group of people who are daring to do things differently and yeah. being creative? We're here to help people. And, and the idea is that they've gotta, we've got to make it easier for them to find us. Welcome to the Unconventionalist Podcast. My name is Mark Roost, and each week I bring you an inspiring story or message to help you get your message out into the world. Whether you want to grow your own business, launch a startup, find more fulfilling work, or get in shape, I'm on a mission to eradicate whatever is getting in your way to take action today. In this show, we dive into the hearts and minds of some of the most fascinating people I know. And by sharing with you their failures and successes, my wish for you is that you realize that those you may look up to are actually no different than you and me, and that you have absolutely what it takes to take your first steps towards making that big dreams of yours a reality. Now, although I love the sound of my own voice, I'm not interested in only telling stories or sharing my thoughts. I want you to listen to my podcast and immediately begin making changes. And then I want you to let me know how this show has helped you along the way by going over on iTunes and leaving a review. Get a pen and paper out and let the show begin. Hi and welcome back to the show. If you're new to this podcast, a very warm welcome to you. If someone sent you this episode or shared a previous episode, thank you. Welcome and thank them for me. I'm so grateful for all of you who are spreading the word. And I just want to say a big shout out to every single one of you who sends me a message, be it on Facebook or by email, or by Twitter, to let me know that you're listening to the show, that you're getting some value out of it, and that you're enjoying what we're putting out there. It means the world to me to know that whatever I'm putting out there, someone's actually listening and paying attention because you know just how difficult it is to get people's attention today. But more than that, I really come from a place of wanting to give you as much value as I can and hopefully help you on your journey. Today's episode is a really special guest. He's one of my good friends and colleague, Angus Fletcher. Now, we met a few years ago, back about four years ago, I think, and we talk about it in the interview, so I don't want to spoil too much. But the thing about Angus is that he brings this quality of normalization of of where you're at and every single time I feel bogged down by I haven't got my tagline down I don't know what my niche is I don't know how to tell my cocktail party pitch line about what I do I meet up with Angus and he kind of just makes me feel okay again and he's been able to do uh, this very successful career as a coach and trainer and he's worked with some of the biggest names in the industry especially when it comes down to charity world uh, you know, Amnesty International, Greenpeace, and so forth. And this episode is going to be particularly interesting for people who are trying to build an online presence or trying to launch themselves as a solopreneur, be it a coach or a yogi or a PT or what have you. You're going to see that there's so much knowledge in this interview and there's also some lightness and humor. And I think that's what the biggest thing I'm taking away from this interview is that even though we're doing some work that's really important to us, it doesn't mean we have to be dramatic about it. And actually bringing some lightness and some humor can go a really long 
wrong way. I don't want to give too much information, so I'm going to go straight into the interview. And before I do that, I want to invite you to go over on iTunes and to leave a review and leave a rating. It makes such a difference to the show. And if you've enjoyed anything that I put out there, I'm asking you to please go over on iTunes and leave a rating. It'll literally take less than two minutes of your time and it'll mean the world to me. So thank you in advance for doing that. If you need some help on how to find that, please get in touch with me. And you can always find me on social media at Mark LaRoost on Twitter, Instagram, and I'm on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Mark LaRoost. Here we go. Here's my interview with the one and only Angus Fletcher. Angus, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Mark. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's lovely. Um, uh, you, know, you know, it actually gives me great joy to do this episode with you for multiple reasons. But one of them is that when we first met, I don't know if you remember, but I recorded an interview with you. <laughs> the audio was just terrible. I couldn't use it. This is a very, very long time ago. I remember you taking a photograph. I don't. Rem- was there audio? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did an interview. Like we, f- I tried to film you an interview. It was on. Uh, was it on the boat? No, it was. No, that was the photo. Right. Which I must say is an amazing photo. That's a good. I, a I like that photo. It is works. It, trust? it works yeah. for me. I'm like, oh, the lighting was just right. Yeah. No, it was in um, Columbia Road. For the is that Columbia Road? The, the flower market. Yes. And it oh. was yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. we sat by a little park. Yes, yeah. yes, and it was a nightmare because cars were coming by. The battery was running. Oh, and you yeah. had those. I feel like okay, <laughs> I'm getting an image of lots of wires and red, maybe red lights. Yeah, and, and yeah, it was just a disaster. Yeah, yeah. So you're one of my favorite favorite people in the world. Oh, bless and you. And I think it was an amazing blessing to come across you. I think it was 2012. You were assisting. I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. Um, <laughs> it was in 2012, and you assisted at one of these coaching courses, and yes. we kind of looked at it and we were like, we should talk. Like, and then we met up. We went out for like two-hour walk next to the Thames, and you're just like one of these incredible human beings that just like super genuine, and it's refreshing in the coaching world. And I thank you. And I remember now, I was like, when it, the thing for me is when you meet, when I meet someone, I'm like, what is this creature? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, but I want to go closer. Yeah. So that's when I usually go. I think I actually said to you, oh, we should speak. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but every, you know, there's all this thing, oh, we should speak about doing some work together. We should speak. About. Yeah. I was just like, we should speak. Yeah. And then I remember we ended up in a, a side room. Yes, speaking. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind yeah. of, but so people are so used to having to go, it's about this or it's about that. But we were just going, well, I don't know what it's about, but a I bit th- like you seem like a good creature. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Yeah, no, amazing. And I think one of the um, the ori- the poet we were talking about uh, in the bow is actually a piece that I wrote in 2012, which was called "From Pe- the From Computers to People." <laughs> yeah. That was before I kind of worked on my titles, you know. <laughs> no, but it's still co- the funny thing is, it, I think it comes up higher in searches than really? the things that I want to come <laughs> up. <with. You> know, <laughs> we can do like, about oh, it. I, I read about the thing where you. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, it's a good picture, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So you. Um, so I guess this is one of the questions that I don't know how you struggle with, but I do. If you had to introduce yourself and say, like, you know, in a nutshell, <laughs> what do you do? Because <laughs> yeah. so, I would say, like, okay, so you basically you facilitate, you design and deliver training workshops um, for non-profit organizations and organizations around the world, and you're a coach, an LP master, practitioner, and trainer. That would be what I would say, but that yeah. would be wrong because the real answer is... Well, I need to check in with you about what, yeah. how... 
because I, I described what I did recently to someone and I thought it was right. They said, that's really inappropriate and you shouldn't do that and never say it. <laughs> but that's what I want to say. <laughs> say so, okay. it. So you know you're going to say it now. But is it okay? Yeah, of course you know, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you have children at home now, maybe, you know. Um, <laughs> so I have two things. First of all, the first round was going, well, let me think. Can I do it into, th- can I do three? You can like do three story. rounds. Okay. Yeah. So version one, people used to, I retrained. I did, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a coach, blah, blah, blah whatever I'm going to be in. And people used to say, what do you do? And mm. then I was in that nervous place that I don't know whether you've been in where sure. you go, well, I can't really say what I'm doing yet so yeah. because I don't feel very confident. But I yeah. So I need to give background. So I'd be like, well, you know, I've been working in, in the nonprofit sector and I've kind of done some consultancy and I'm, you know, and then and then what I'm doing is I'm starting, and then you look at them and they're starting to look as if maybe they're going to faint. Their <laughs> eyes are starting to cross <laughs> you and you're thinking, you know, I wonder whether I'm really having impact as coaches <laughs> and then one day I was like should I just say I'm a coach and it was great I said to someone he said what do you do I said I'm a coach and the first thing they said was like basketball <laughs> <laughs> and I felt amazing because I was like yeah because I'm six foot five you know built pure muscle you know. yeah yeah um so then I thought when I started doing training and coaching and stuff I was like what is it so everyone has a model if you realize there's a model for everything it's the decision-making model it's the this model so right. i've got the lasagna model right <laughs> so imagine that you're looking at a lasagna <laughs> sideways on got what it. do you notice uh i notice layers exactly yeah so there i have three layers and one layer is one-to-one coaching mm-hmm. which could cover someone that rings me because they've seen something on a website put something personal could be somebody who is working in an organization and like wanting to develop or having a bit of a rough time. So that's the one level. And these are in no, you can have them in any order. That's the amazing yeah. thing. Then I work with groups, that's facilitation, anything from working with uh, teams, wanting to get to know each other or big groups like 120, 30, 40 on an away day. And then the other layer is training. And that's where I train coaches. Mm. So I do some work around NLP. Um, I wish I could remember there was a good bit that was supposed to end all of this, which of course is the bit that's just fallen out of my. That's amazing. I mean, I don't know why anyone told you not to. I think that's a. I think that's great. Oh, I've remembered. Yeah. So someone said, "What? Thank you, Mark." So someone said, "When you're working with a team, when you're working with a group, you know, what is it that you do?" And it's so difficult because you could, you know, blurt out all sorts of different texts. I went, "I'm like a lubricant." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because you know. It make makes things, things run easy. a bit smoother. Yeah. Maybe it's uh, you, f- you feel a bit happier than you thought you might. Yeah. You know, things don't get stuck for as long as they <laughs> would have, you know. And <laughs> it's interesting where everybody's mind goes because obviously you find lubricant on a, on a hinge of a door or, yeah. you know, like, you know, all sorts yeah, of I places. I thought about sex straight away. I mean, that was... The, that was well, the, yeah. you know, and people immediately, obviously, because they said, well, you can't ever say that. You know, but I think well, I think I think I think it is a I form you can. of lubricant. Yeah, and, and I think any I think kind you want, you'll be remembered between the person that tells me uh, I'm basically a lubricant, and someone says I'm a transformational expert in the fulfillment of purpose and impact of organizations where they amplify their message um, for for, uh, uh, for utter fulfillment. Yeah. in the global market. Absolutely. You know, put a few words with three syllables, <laughs> and you're good. And actually, you know what? That's, this this is something I want to talk to you about today, which is. And I think we uh, I make up that we may have a similar point of view on this, which is um, the coaching industry, and particularly the life coaching industry. Um, what <laughs> the <laughs> question <God>. is? <laughs> what pisses you off, if anything, about the industry or how it's going along? 
Oh no, this is where I may never get any work again or never <laughs> <laughs> never be invited. To. I'm sort of hoping that no one listens to your podcast. So yeah. Don't uh, worry, my, my mom doesn't yeah. listen to my podcast, so you're good. <sighs> There's quite a few things, and I do. You know, I'm opinionated about some of these things. Mm. Um, okay, here's some of them. It's a bit earnest, you know. Um, you know, if you're going to sit down and talk about something that's maybe sensitive or difficult, you know, you don't have to sound like a nun. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just for people at home. I'm leaning forward now towards Mark, and I'm putting my hand on his ankle. I'm going, so Mark, you know what? What is it that's coming up for you right now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and where I is that showing up in you? Where is that showing up I on mm, you? Mm, mm. I hear you. Yeah. And that what if you made that? Yeah. Bigger, smaller, redder, <laughs> greener, pinker, <laughs> bluer. And I think, you know, this is all good stuff, but there is a piece for me about just being natural with someone, of going and having the, the most refreshing thing that I sometimes see with a client is to have what is a quite an ordinary feeling conversation, but it's right in there, mm. you know, with something that's important to them. Yeah. And it's conversational. Um, and so I guess it's an ease that is the thing that interests me. And I I think that there's a there's a lot of talk about authenticity. Mm. Uh, some words that are often used in the coaching industry are, and this is obviously I'm making huge generalizations, but authenticity, uh, vulnerability. And yet sometimes I don't really see that um, people are necessarily really walking the talk. I was about to say, yeah. You know, and I feel nervous about saying that. You know, because but I'm just like, yes, that's what I think. You know, yeah, no, but I, I you know, I, I, I totally agree with you. And there's just, I had Bart come in um, this morning, the guy that's doing all my videos and stuff. And I was, I, d I don't know how we ended up in this conversation, but I actually told him one thing that, that I don't know if it's a mix, a combination that pisses me off and upsets me is that you look at everyone who goes into this industry of coaching, life coaching, and they become this cookie cutter coach. And it becomes this kind of like, I must be seen this way, I must sound this way. And I think it's such a shame because really these people are trying to pretend to be something they're not. They become like these Tony Robbins wannabes and all this, what you said, is kind of like, mm. Angus, where's where's this showing up? Nowhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, and I think that's what that's what drew me towards you, you know, in terms of I really think that there's there's a need for, I guess, I want to say coaches like us, which has had a, a little bit more kind of a humor, mm. a bit more kind of like, okay, you know, we can't, we, we can talk about serious stuff, but actually we don't need to be serious. I think it's the thing for me about um, multiple things can be true at any one time. Mm. So people talk about being, I'm sad, so therefore I must become happy. Now, actually in the space of many days, I have, I can feel quite sad and I can feel happiness and they may be very close to each other. So for me, it's like if you're with a client and you're talking about something difficult, or something that's really, you know, been really hard for them. You can talk about something being hard for someone in many different ways. And sometimes mm. it can actually be funny, <laughs> you know, and sometimes it is a relief for someone. And it's not to make it funny. All of this has to be done with respect, recognition, mm. reassurance for the client. But sometimes, I don't know, you know, I remember someone telling a story once and they were like, oh, you know, this has happened and this has happened and this has happened. It was like, it was all awful. <laughs> but I was kind of, you know, I was like, God, I'm exhausted. Mm. You know, and then he just started to laugh. You know, he was like, you know, oh God, I am exhausted too. <laughs> you know, and I said, it's quite boring. 
And he's like, oh, God, I know. You mm. know, and it just, all of that came from a place of respect, but it opened a door for us to have the, he'd been used to having the conversation, which was the monologue, the story, nothing wrong with him doing that, and probably a friend or someone really supportive going, yeah, I know it sounds really hard. Yeah. So this is not to belittle his experience, but just to change the doorway into a, a new kind of conversation. Sure. So, and you know, when someone kind of breathes and goes, oh, God, yeah, you know, you're right. You know, it's like, okay, let's let's look at this differently. Yeah. You know, you've been, so you've been, <laughs> what I loved about your lasagna metaphor, um, and I think Garfield, ginger beards, I think there's something there working for you. I think it, I think it totally works. Um, because unfortunately, people listening to this can't, have the pleasure of witnessing the your the amazing <laughs> beard. <laughs> no, no, that is that is a beautiful <laughs> beard, and I get beard yeah. uh, envy yeah. uh, around it. Um, so you've had no, you've worked both with individuals and also in, in organisations yep. and teams. Um, has there been a pattern that you've noticed when you go into teams? Something that um, you see over and over again that either gets in the way, or that prevents them from I don't know, I want to say getting along or, or yeah. progressing in their careers as managers or leaders mm. is there something that you've noticed over the years that's kind of like hmm this is interesting yeah i mean there's a few things the one that comes to mind which is probably not the most interesting one but is is how easy things become polarized so if i give an example if you say um something is black or white it's like a switch yeah you're going to put it switch one way and it's black you put the other switch the, the other way and it's white mm. but then if you think imagine that that is on a uh, a line um, where at one end is total blackness and at the other end is total whiteness and it slowly can change shade mm. along the middle. Now that's my kind of introduction to saying often I find that in teams the initial way that people are talking or going, let's say, uh, let's give an example, we're very task-based, right? And that might be a problem. So someone goes, yeah, but if we become completely fluffy and relationship-oriented, we'll never get anything, anything done. done yeah. We can't do that. So where are we? We've got two stances which are worth a task or worth what I call relationship. Mm. And I see that possibly because people are under pressure or because people are used to having that kind of standoff, it's a very all or nothing language. Mm. So the thing that I notice and the thing that I often draw attention to is going, well, surely the great thing for you as a team would be able to do that and that, mm. uh, to be able to focus on tasks and relationships mm. or to be able to know in your work when you say, oh, well, this is con this certain context really needs us to be focused at this end of the spectrum. Yeah. And, you know, it's a very simple thing, but I that's something that definitely has cropped up. And I my work with them is just to go, kind of, why not have, have it all? Yeah. But do it consciously, mm. you know. We need to be a bit more task-focused, actually, this <laughs> afternoon. But to do that, we need to have a bit of a discussion first. Sure. Otherwise, we won't do it well. Oh, okay, we went to relationship. We checked in. And we moved over to task. We did something really well. We probably went back to relationship yeah. and went, oh, that's brilliant. We worked really well together. Mm. We've got energy. Oh, that energy now creates something. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's really interesting. And one thing that I see a lot of uh, coaches, I guess, struggle or people who go off and, and quit their jobs and to start off whatever they want to do is, well, two things, I guess. One of them is, the emotional roller coaster journey of kind of like having to deal with like uncertainty of like, oh, am I going to get money this month? Am I going to find clients? And the other one is actually um, getting clients. Uh, what would you say that if you could look back now, were the like the biggest lessons you've learned on those two sort of journeys? 
I can only remember the last one. Uh, yeah, the first question was about the so the emotional roller coaster yeah. yo-yo journey, and the other one was about how, how to get clients. And mm. which one shall I answer? Get clients. That was the second one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's um. Look outward rather than inward. So it can be very easy at first to go to a lot of coaching groups, a lot of support, almost support groups, really. <laughs> like, um, and that's great because you get to meet other coaches and you get to have discussions. Um, but actually, it can be also a trap. Mm. that and, and you get to know a story. You might be ending up speaking to other coaches who aren't quite getting the work they'd like to get and consoling each other and coaching each other about it. And there is absolutely a place for that. Mm. And one of the things that I, I I just had to, you know, when something falls into place, you're like, oh, that's the way I need to think about it. Sure. I think I went through a period where I was looking inward towards the community because I was probably scared to look outward. Mm. You know, and I just thought I have to turn around yeah. because the work and the people who need the thing that I do, some people sell directly to the to the coaches, but actually outside. So I just had to make in my mind this idea of me turning around, looking out, and being seen, which is probably a term that people use in, in the coaching world. But what I mean by that is go and do something where you go and meet people. Mm. Or like I might go and do a, try and do a workshop or an event. And people, you'll look at them and you'll think, God, they're really bored at this point. <laughs> this thing that I'm doing, that's not working, is it? You know, and then the bit where someone comes up to you at the break and goes, God, that was really interesting. That mm. two minutes doesn't matter whether it was one minute but if it's one minute of really good stuff they take yeah. away then that's really good so it's a long-winded way of saying beware the trap of constantly looking inside to your community yeah don't reject it at all but look outward so true uh, it, you know someone once said like the only way to become a successful coach is to coach coaches <laughs> yeah. you know like i mean as, as yeah. a, it yeah, was yeah. a kind of a joke is yeah. like and it was so like someone said it's like if a a baker was teaching yeah. bakery mm another baker it was, it was yeah. like it was like a funny story yeah. like that um, <laughs> um and chelsea buns have come in i had a really good chelsea bun in cambridge this week you did yeah just just the word chelsea right now is 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 uh, making my blood boil after last last night's experience you see i love like i don't know anything about is that football it's football yeah and i'm just thinking about buns yeah no it's so I mean at it one end of the spectrum no. you see buns at the other end football i don't i don't follow football and i think there's a, there's yesterday consolidated why i don't and and the sort of the short version of the story is um i went with my girlfriend's dad and brother over to watch a chelsea football game and we didn't realize how serious um fans are about not mixing with away fans and it happens to be that her her family are from uh, paris and they support psg and we're in chelsea and it said on the ticket home supporters only and i thought okay well you know anyway long story short um Score was 1-1, one, 2-1. One, one. Uh, her dad gets up, and we'd been really quiet. We'd been kind of clapping for both teams. He gets up, and he claps to sort of cheer for the girl at PSG. Instantly, the, the um, uh, what do you call them? the security guides or the, the stewards came up and said, you've got to get out, out. You come out now, out. And it got really tense really quickly, and we're just like, what's, what's going on? And it's basically for his own safety. It was like to remove him from the ground from his own safety so that the supporters wouldn't end up in a bloodbath. I mean, I d and that's, uh, you know, all that to say, follow rugby. Don't follow football. Um, or I would say eat pastries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, but can I say something else about the 
Were you going to ask? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think also just thinking about the the the, the amount of services there are within four coaches or like you know i've had a few i think three people have come to me and said look i i've got that feeling under pressure because i know that i've got been told that i have to have a niche and i have to have a website and i have to <laughs> have this and i have <laughs> to have that now again i'm going to put it on a range of going i don't think it's yes or no y- yes you must or no you must not i think there's sometimes for some people it can be useful for other people, I don't think I've probably got... I've got a rubbish sort of page with a picture of me looking completely different than I do now <laughs> and sort of saying a few things. I don't really think that's probably ever brought me any work. Um, I don't think get it going and talking to someone and having a conversation and just being able to chat about what you do and is how I've got work. Um, not having... T- the f- my worry is that if everybody does the same thing, like and it could be true of any industry. Mm. You just you talked about cookie cutters. You're just going to have a bunch of people who are following <laughs> the same thing, and it's like, yeah, but isn't this supposed to be a group of people who are daring to do things differently yeah. and being creative and all the rest yeah, of it? Yeah. So I'm just like, be open to having a website and be open to that, and also be open to not. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, mm. it really it really lands for me because I'm in that place where p- total panic. I mean, you know, this 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 kind of I'm in that transition phase of quitting my full-time job and learning my own business and I'm kind of that big question what's my niche you know and I make it that because I haven't figured that out that I'm useless and that I that I can't go out and that I can't have conversations and I think the yes and in this question is someone was I rec I was recommended for it for some work to do s- some training in, in a sales company some something like a media agency and by the time I had a conversation with them they saw they looked at the website and they were like we don't really know why you were recommended <laughs> you know my website's like high five and you know make fear your bitch and <laughs> you know chest bumps to startups woo you know and everything he needed is something that i i could have been worked on i mean it it wasn't a problem but it was in that moment i was like oh my god i don't know what i'm doing how is anybody else going to figure out what the hell i'm doing you know mm-hmm. and it's and what I'm taking from what you're saying is that have a conversation, you know, and see what com- see what comes out. And what why do you think, for example, me included, and other people out there, are perhaps so afraid of those conversations? I think, I think some of it is absolutely the normal kind of things that we all experience, which is going, I don't feel very experienced. I haven't really thought it through properly. I haven't let the I haven't let what I've learned, like the training kind of really go into my neurology and my bones. I haven't made it <laughs> mine. Yeah? Yeah. And that's the tricky bit that people will go, it's like you've got to own it in the way that you've got to become yours. So you do coaching the way Mark does coaching or you do the way Angus does coaching, but not the way someone told you that you should do it. So first of all, potentially you're feeling incongruent, which is no way to feel relaxed. mm and the second thing is there can be a desire to say too much. Mm. And and for me, it's a the simplest way of looking at it is that most people who come for coaching have got there's something that isn't working and they'd like it fixed. <laughs> you, know, there's, you know, there's something that's annoying them and they'd like it no longer to annoy them. Or there's something they want to do and they're frustrated because they're not doing it. Mm. And that's it. You know, and that doesn't take away the complexity of the issue, but it describes very simply what the what's going on. Yeah, 
probably wouldn't come and see a coach otherwise. Mm. Yeah, I mean, most people, you know, someone I remember sitting getting across <laughs> once in a meeting about some group coaching, and it was a group coaching kind of like a meeting with some other group coaches in it, you know. And there was some frustration, I think, because it was quite early days and people weren't signing up and or coming to get help. And uh, and the name the name of what we did was quite complex. You know, it was like we were a relationship systems worker or something like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, first of all, I kind of thought, well, that didn't mean anything to anyone. You know, what on earth is that? Yeah. You know, and we were talking about the importance of the work. And, you know, I just had this, you know, <laughs> you have this moment when you're just like, you know, I kind of like, I didn't bang my fist on the table, but I, well, you know, that was what was happening inside sure. me. You know, I was just, I just said, look, we're here to help people. And, and the idea is that they've got to, we've got to make it easier for them to find us and then go, oh, something isn't working. <laughs> I don't care what, what you're called, but are you can the you people that it? can help us? And yeah. then you go, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll be called anything you want me to. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yes, I can help you or no, I can't. Yeah. Um, and so for me, my group work, I often get called a facilitator because that's what people want to call the work that I do with groups. Sure. Now, probably it's a team coach or it's a systems <laughs> dynamic uh, worker or a relationship a professional lubricator. coach or a professional <laughs> lubricator. But the reality is that's really not going to mean very much to many people. So yeah, I love I just that. never say it. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's funny because every, t- every time we hang out, there's al- you know, you always manage to bring this kind of peace and this kind of like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. It's cool. Like, don't worry too much. Like, don't stop stressing about it. And it's, you know, and as I'm speaking, I'm like, yeah, of course, that's easy. I'm just a coach, and that's what I do. I, I'm going to go and speak with companies and say, hey, <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh, sounds like you guys have got some things you'd like to work on. Yeah, you know, I can help. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then and then and then I guess there's this. Um, you know, y- we talked about authenticity yeah. and vulnerability, and that yeah. people sometimes don't walk their talk. Um, what would be a wish that you'd have for people who are thinking about becoming coaches? And who are on the journey of going through the training yeah. and maybe even starting their own practice or their business, yeah. what would be like a wish you'd have for them? Mm, God, that's such a good question. Let me see. Uh, to bring everything that they have and have been with them. Don't leave behind. You know, so if someone, I don't know, uh, whether someone had a certain kind of career, they were a lawyer and they're going to be a coach. Bring in your expertise of being a lawyer. If someone has had depression and is going to gain something from the fact of them being a coach as well as give work to other people bring your depression to your training bring Mm. whatever there is don't don't get rid of anything actually for me the art is to it sounds a bit cheesy but to if you can accept it and go rather than i'm going to change from x to y go okay so i'm the ex lawyer who suffers from anxiety who's really interested (laughs) in being a coach who loves dogs, who just kind of has this natural ability to sit down and talk with people and it always seems to help and I've decided I want to be a coach. Brilliant, there's your niche. Mm. You're a human being who likes to help people <laughs> who's got a range of experience. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, it's it, yeah, and it's so funny how we just overcomplicate it. Um, you know, how, how just how easy it is to sort of... And I guess... <coughs> You know, and then I've got this my in my head. I've got like the marketeer that goes, "Yes, but that yeah. you know, people need to find you. And if you've got a knee problem, who do yeah. you go and see? You yeah. go and see the knee doctor. You yeah. don't go and see the doctor. Yeah. You know, you, you you need to know. You know, and then I see people. You know, this is another thing: the comparison. Mm. You know, the comparison dilemma of yeah. like, oh shit, look at the Facebook page of X and yeah. Y. They're they're amazing. They've got yeah. white teeth. They're perfect. Their hair yeah. flows, and yeah. they've got abundant clients. And the word abundant is one of yeah. your favorite words. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, 
why why do you think that is that so many of us i mean me included would like end up comparing ourselves to other people and feeling a bit like shit about it well, we're brought up to compare each other and we're brought up you know people say no judgment we judge people all the time mm. you know and sometimes it's a really nice judgment and sometimes it's a not very nice judgment but i think people we have if we didn't make judgments as human beings we'd be in trouble mm. you know that's how we make decisions yeah um and i think also what's interesting is that there's a I could go off on a whole tangent about <laughs> this, but <laughs> I'm going to have to like rein it in. Um, um, you know, everything has to be rational. You mm. know, everything has to be evidence-based. You know, and actually, you know, I think to a certain degree, um, people have cut off the bit that's instinctive, the bit that goes just feels wrong. You know, because mm. you go, well, actually, if I work with that client, I'd make this many pounds and it would look good for my Facebook profile <laughs> like this and I you know and I would have to I would have to buy a different shirt because they're a little bit of a different section that I work with. Yeah. But then which is great, you know, and it oh they have connections with these people. Brilliant. So you could do a whole map, you could do like a flip chart, you could do a diagram looking at your client, say mm. for example. Or you could go it just doesn't feel right. Mm. And then you ask the question of like, is it not feeling right because I'm actually feeling a bit scared? Or is it that it actually just doesn't feel right to do yeah. this and actually go, what about listening to that? I did mm. that the other week. I spoke to some people on the phone. There was some potential of some work. Sounded interesting, but I just it just didn't feel right. Saying no, yeah. And I said, no, no, I don't get to find out. Mm. But the minute I said it, I was like, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good. You're a man who likes uh, little mini adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Ever since I've met you, you're always <laughs> off on, on some, uh, some adventure. And uh, you have a caravan. Is oh. a caravan a trick? I, I, I don't even know what... In, in this country, we say caravan. Yeah. Um, the problem with saying trailer is that people then look at me and think of trailer trash. <laughs> so I go caravan. Yeah. Um, yes, I have a 1966 um, rather egg-shaped safari caravan, mm. um, which is in the need of a lot of love and care, but that, that is the caravan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you and you like to escape uh, London once in a while and take and hop off on a train with your uh, foldable bike. Yeah, it it doesn't fold. It comes into two it parts. Okay. Um, how dare <laughs> I? How <laughs> dare I insult <laughs> it? It is not a foldable bike. It is a dismantable <laughs> bike. Um, and uh, yeah, so sometimes it's up in Northumberland, which is where I come from, the mm. caravan. So I sometimes get to pop my bike on the train, go up to Almouth, and then cycle from Almouth to my little caravan. However, it's actually not on site at the moment. It's beginning its renovation work, <laughs> hopefully with a very interesting French uh, sort of architect stroke builder called Nicolas. Beautiful. Yeah. Yes, we, we will work on this and uh, it will be amazing. And then I was like, when do we think it might happen? Uh, he walked off into the mist. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll see him again soon. <laughs> yeah, because it's, yeah. I mean, it's... Um, is it is this something you recommend people to find their own version of the caravan or their own version of like mini adventures? Because every time I see you, like oh, like you're off to Japan, <laughs> you know, you're off to cycle to Japan. Yeah. Um, or you cycle once yeah. to uh, was it Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah, with you know, with yeah. a cycling buddy. Yeah. Mm. Um, I would encourage. I would say I would encourage people to. How do I? You know, like I think of it as like um, you know, when you smell something nice from another room, you know, you're like. <laughs> what's that or you go into a house and you're like mm. and there's that thing of like oh well where's that coming from now yeah. you may not we may think that it's a stew or a loaf of bread but we might not be sure and it's that for me it's just like something comes up for me and I kind of go oh the caravan that must be fun wouldn't it and I could kind of 
renovate it and then I could maybe live in Scotland some of the time. Mm. Ooh, you know, and for me, without any spreadsheet, which goes deeply impractical, Angus, <laughs> take too long, rubbish, I'm like, mm. yeah. So, you know, so I tend to, but I'm not making a huge commitment. I'm t it's basically like I'm smelling the smell that goes, ooh, that might be fun. So what I've learned, Brian Eno, who is a musician that I'm, uh, who's an interesting thinker and musician, <laughs> he said something that I just really loved. He was like, have I got this right? He just asked someone in an interview, and it was one of those, you know, at the Royal Festival Hall, lots of people who were, you know, art critics and, you know, PhDs in whatever. And he, he spoke to someone, they were like, his opening question is, so what is it that you really, really like? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it to me. It's yeah. like, what's, what's the smell that you really, really like? Mm. And I've learned that I love my bicycle. My, I love the idea of my caravan. Oh, great. Well, maybe I'll do something with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that. I, I really love that. Fi fi yeah, find your own uh, next door good smell. Which is very different to the thing that I struggle with for years, which is like... Find your you passion. Know, what are your values? What's yeah. your passion? And I genuinely spent so much going, I don't know. And it was all comparison. I don't know. They seem to know. Yeah. They're really clear. I'm not clear. Mm. Oh, God. It could be a hundred things. What's the right choice? Yeah. Which, of course, has got ego and comparison and looking good and just general and lack of confidence and general confusion yeah you know and i and i used to spend a lot of time doing that like and comparing a lot yeah you know and i don't know whether i just <laughs> got really tired <laughs> of it or something i just became old or i don't know what <laughs> it is but i just thought oh just smell the smell yeah and 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 have one or two things and i basically if we were in this room here in this lovely flat, and I think, yeah, I think I should be heading to the corner near the door. Yeah, and that's about it. That's about it. I love that. That's yeah. And I'm going to get you back on the show. Um, and we'll I want because I want to talk about NLP next time. Yeah, I want to talk about you know, um, why has NLP got a bad rep? Yeah, which I would love to talk about. Yeah, but also I just want to know at the end, obviously after what we've talked about and authenticity. You know, how have I done in comparison with other people you've interviewed, and, and where would I score? I think that goes <laughs> totally in line with what we've just been talking <laughs> about being enlightened, and uh <laughs> yeah. No, but so so before I ask my couple of last questions that that, that I ask all my guests, um, I, I want to take a moment just to say, just I'm just uh, I'm smiling. I'm going to hold Mark's hand now because are. he's such a sweet advice. Um, Really, I just think you're just such an amazing, genuine guy, and from the moment I met you, you've just got this amazing energy about you that kind of um is inviting uh gives permission to sort of be um silly and be yourself and i think it's it's really it's a gift and every single time i have a panic attack i think i should just hang out with you because <laughs> there's just something that happens it's kind of like oh it's clear <laughs> of course <laughs> you know because it seems like you everything that you talked about is what i'm going through now and what i've been going through which is like I need to have it all figured out. I need to be like this and look yeah. at them. They've got that and I don't have my passion figured out, my values. Yeah. So thank you. You know, I, I genuinely mean that yeah. uh, from the bottom of my heart. And uh, I know that the organizations that hire you are very lucky to have you as a facilitator <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a team lubricator. Um, so thank you. And I'm very pleased that I came and sniffed you out. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the last questions I want to oh. ask you about, what's one thing that most people don't know about you? Oh, really? 
<laughs> it's been such a good interview until now. And and what? And if I was a vegetable, what vegetable would I be? I'd definitely no. be an aubergine. <laughs> um, uh, I think I think I'm a bit of an open book, you know. I think so, the only thing I would say is people will say things like you say, like going, "Oh, it always feels so relaxed," and and you know, and, and I go to do groups, and they say, "You seem so confident," you know. All I would say is that I spent a good li- part of my life suffering from the most uh, terrible anxiety attacks, and I'm laughing, but, you know, serious stuff, mm. you know, being incapacitated, a terrible worrier, and a, you know, a lovely kind of, um, what shall I say, relationship with depression, you mm. know. So I think, the, you know, some people do know that. I don't hide it. Um, but for me, the reason I say it is because it strikes back at this idea that, multiple things can be true at the same time yeah you know and i think if i was sort of thinking what's what actually listening to sort of thinking about the conversation we've just had that's probably the thing that that has helped me Mm. to go yeah it's actually you can be a basket case really good at what you do grumpy kind you know actually all of those things can coexist and maybe you'll be all right yeah no i love that And and i think that actually is one of the reasons why you have this impact, I think, that's how I make up, that you have this ability to uh, relate or be compassionate and understand and that, you know what, it's okay. There's <laughs> really highs <laughs> and there's <laughs> massive <laughs> lows and, you know, and, and everything, the yeah. polarity in between. Uh, what does being unconventional mean to you? Ooh. Mm. Well, I don't know how to answer the question. I've always had a natural interest in seeking different ways to do things that's sort of what my brain does so it's like oh you know that's really interesting what if how you know so it's about it's about enjoying creativity i think and enjoying what your brain does you know so whether it's unconventional or not it's like going oh what is it that my brain does that's kind of you know mine loves joining stuff together Mm. um like at a high level it's like oh this is like this Mm. um and maybe unconventional is actually just being yourself. Mm. Like, sounds really naff, that, but... No, it's it's one know. of my favorite answers. Yeah, it's um, it's maybe, it's then maybe it'd just be as simple as that. Yeah. Mm. If you knew that today was your last day and you could pass on three truths that you find are truer than true, what would those three truths be? Oh, God, it's just hard. Isn't it supposed to get easier towards the end? Well, if it was my last day, I'd be like, I haven't got time <laughs> actually to answer this question. I'm off because I'm going to go and eat a Chelsea bun, right? But considering that hopefully it isn't, um, oh, what is it? Uh, is it kind of what would you pass on? Yeah. yeah um, like, I mean, like, what, what, what for you is kind of like mm. remove all the bullshit, remove all the this is what matters mm. for you. Be really, be. Be truthful and be kind, I think. So tell your truth or say the things that you need to say to people, but don't be a bastard when you're doing it. <laughs> you know, so you can be kind and you can, people go, oh, I can't say that to someone because I'll hurt them. Say what you need to say, but say it with kindness or say it with love or and, and also give that to yourself. Mm. So when you think about the things that maybe aren't so good about yourself or you don't like so much about it, 
about yourself, that's fine. Maybe you need to change them, but say those things with kindness to yourself. Mm. Um, don't destroy yourself and don't destroy the people around you. Mm. Nurture them. Mm. We'll, we'll count those as three in one. Yeah. Unconventional is not answering the question as you're supposed to ask it. Answer yep. it so, yeah. I love you, Angus Fletcher. Thank you so I much for coming on the show. Bye-bye. <laughs> there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as I did. It actually felt great to put another interview out there and I will be peppering in more interviews in the weeks to come. So make sure to subscribe to the show in order never to be the last one to find out about the juiciest tips out there. You can do that by doing two things, either going on iTunes and subscribing. Or you can go also on your podcast app on your phone and doing that right there with your thumb and you don't even have to wait until you get back onto your laptop. You can find out more about Angus by going over to www.angusfletcher.com and he's also over on LinkedIn and all the different social media stuff. If you want to connect in person with me, the best way to do so is to head over on facebook.com forward slash Mark Roost forward slash events and you will find the details of my next meetup that is happening in London and it's happening this Thursday, and I believe it's the 25th of August, 2016, 9.30, Hampstead Heath, between Parliament Hill and the Lido. And you can also come the following week in September, that will be on a Friday. I'm giving away my book for free, so make sure you take full advantage of this opportunity. Head over to markroos.com, scroll at the bottom of my website, and download your free copy of my book. Otherwise, you can go on Amazon and buy yourself a hard copy. If you've got any questions, any topics you'd like me to cover, or even if you've got a guest you want me to interview on my show, let me know. Send me a message on Facebook, an email, or a tweet. I know you'll find a way to get in touch with me. Until next time, you know what time it is. It's time for you to take action.